Uh, welcome to the Bear Down Football Podcast with your host, uh, Austin Muniz, a podcast about the University of Northern Colorado uh, football. And um, since we last talked, we had, uh, you know, we didn't know about the coaching situation. Um, that's been solved and adding and also adding another coach to, or getting rid of a coach and adding another coach to the staff. Uh, plus some, the early signing period produced I think 2021 recruits, so we have a few things we can uh, talk about now. Um, so basically, we'll just get right into it. Um, last time we talked, um, you know, there was speculation was you know was UNC going to keep uh, Ernest Collins as the head coach of the you know the football team? Um, you know, you know, I brought up some you know candidates that they might choose from. Um, you know, and then they ended up deciding, um, actually getting an email about they ended up deciding keeping Coach Collins, um, you know, which I think was a disappointment and a surprise to, you know, probably a lot of Bear fans. Um, like, like I've stated before, I have nothing against Coach Collins. I think he's a good man. I think he's a good coach. Um, I think he really cares about the program. I mean, I think probably he probably cares the most about the program um, out of anybody. You know, I don't doubt that at all. Former alum, been a coach now for, what, eight seasons, going on nine I mean, I mean, if anybody wants this team to return to prominence like it used to be, it's him. To be a team that's a playoff team, to be a team that could possibly compete for national championships, you know, he, you know, he's definitely the guy that wants that to happen and hoping to make that happen. Um, you know, but you know, the past few seasons haven't been great. Um, he had two decent ones before that, and his overall record at UNC hasn't been that good. Um, but um, you know, the new president and the athletic director decided to keep him back for one more year. And I know one of the main um, things that, you know, they'd said that was a big factor in him bringing him back was the academic progress of, you know, the student athletes, which is, you know, an important thing, definitely. I think sometimes we forget that's probably the most important thing. You know, these kids come here for that education to better their lives. It's not really to come here to play football because out of out of all those kids, only a few, um, especially at the FCS level, are going to make it to the next level. Not meaning that they can't make it, but they definitely can. And a place like UNC has proven to be a place where they can do that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, you know, the results on the field, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but they do matter. And, um, you know, being what they were last year, I think, what, two and eight, um, and then, or three and seven last year, and then being two and nine this year back to back. Um, you know, I think many were surprised, you know, especially when UNC started the season 0 and 7. Um, they thought, you know, I talked to my, you know, my dad, my brother, and other UNC fans, and it felt like he was more or less. Uh, you know, just a, I guess, another way to put it, but like a dead man walking, just kind of finishing out the season. And, you know, you know, maybe they were already looking for another coach at that point. Um, but, you know, they decided to stick with him. Um, you know, and kind of a few factors you got to think there, you know, you know, is it a legit argument about, you know, student athletes doing grades or is that just something they're putting out there as a reason why to keep them? Or, you know, do they have enough money to maybe go after another coach? Um, you know, I think their salary was... I think 150, 180, 180,000. I don't know if that's a whole lot really at the FCS level. You know, could they pay somebody else? Were they, you know, talking to other people and other people weren't willing to come to UNC? I don't know. And, you know, that's kind of a question there that we may not, you know, we may not know or, you know, just the athletic director and uh, president of the university knows. But, um, you know, for me, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to, you know, accept accept the fact that Coach Collins is coming back. I'm fine. I'm honestly fine with it. 
Um, you know, they did make, you know, a bit, another change. They get rid of uh, the offensive quarter, uh, John Boyer, and they they happen to sign and uh, hire Nick Fulton from uh, Colorado Mines. I know I brought up, uh, you know, as a maybe possible replacement for Ernest Collins as being the, the Mines, uh, their head coach, I think, called Brandon Gregg, I think. Um, but they decided, you know, keep to keep keep Coach Collins, and they brought in Nick Fulton, which you know, pretty good. I mean, honestly, I'm pretty kind of happy about this uh, decision. Um, you know, he had produced big time offenses at Mines. Um, he had the top offenses in uh, D two, both in 2016 and 2018. Um, you know, even though it's a little bit, you know, maybe more pass heavy, which is all right. I think UNC's been pass heavy at least the past few years, which is cool with me. But they also had a balanced attack. Um, you know, especially this past year, they were ranked second in passing and 22nd in, in rushing, which is good. Um, you know, I, I don't mind it being a you know a little bit more pass heavy, but you know, and also having a good running attack is good, which I think the last couple of years. Uh, they've kind of lacked, and it's also a fast-paced offense and a high-scoring uh, kind of offense. So you know that'll be, you know, at least you know, hopefully games will be exciting. You know, I mean, I I really don't like seeing like the fifty to like forty-seven point games. I kind of hate. I kind of like it some good defense, but you know, there's some people that like that kind of stuff scoring a lot, and it gives you know if, if UNC's offense can go out there and score, you know, a whole bunch. You know, I mean, the defense is just gonna have to make a few stops, and hopefully. You know that can win them uh, some games uh, going into next year, and uh, also Nick Fulton at Mines. He produced two Harlan Hill finalists. Uh, one was a quarterback in 2016, actually won it, and then his past year a running back who was a finalist. Ended up not winning it, but he was a finalist for the Harlan Hill uh, Trophy, which is basically, you know, the Heisman Trophy of D2. Um, same award that Court McGuffey won for UNC, I think, back in '98, um, the '98 season. So. You know, it's a big-time award for D2. Um, he also, Coach Fulton also played at Sioux Falls as a lineman, uh, earned uh, all-conference honors, and I think his last year there was uh, honorable mention All-American and played in the NEA National Championship game uh, that year. You know, Coach Collins mentioned in their little, like, uh, media thing that, um, you know, brought in Nick to, you know, they wanted fast pace, put points on the board, and he's proven to do that at the places he's been. So I, I kind of am looking forward to see, you know, if he can do that at UNC. And, you know, I think he got weapons to do that. So I don't think it's like he doesn't have weapons at UNC. I think he has weapons to do that um, and score, like, lots of points. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, kind of looking forward to the spring and seeing how that looks, um, you know, being implemented, you know, kind of the new offense as well um let's see so you know you kind of think well you know if collins coach collins if you know of the year kind of goes maybe you know same as you know last couple of years but the offense looks good you know do you do you think maybe hey is is nick fulton the next head coach of unc it'd be easy just to you know promote him up which i think they might be rather they would rather do than you know maybe doing some kind of national search and um you know, having somebody right there have somebody you know that maybe only been with the program one year but still familiar with it so you know it's kind of interesting that uh you know maybe that's a route they go um you know but we'll see i and I, I personally hope not i hope unc hasn't you know i'm looking for next year to again you know you never know because teams in the big sky go from being on the bottom of the conference to being on the top, you know, Southern Utah went from 
winning the league last year to um, not you know to to be in you know on the in the bottom of the league uh, this year. The same with uh, UC Davis finished. I think, you know, I think middle of the pack or even I think close to where UNC was last year to now they were co-champions this year. Um, you know, you see a lot of, you know, maybe only Eastern Washington and Weber State have been the most consistent the past couple of years, but, you know, it can happen. Um, you know, UNC could go from being, you know, one of the bottom teams this year to being, you know, a playoff contending team next year. Um, I believe they have the players and talent to do that. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Nick Fulton can get that offense going and, you know, Marty English can get that defense, you know, improving even more. Hopefully this is, could be a team for, you know, playoff caliber team or a team, you know, at least coming there every day, you know, um, being competitive and uh, winning more ball games than they have uh, the past couple of seasons. So there's a little bit a little bit, a bit about the, you know, the coaching situation at UNC. Uh, maybe we'll find out more if there are different changes. They usually don't, you know, tell us right away. You might have to wait till like you know spring or sometime in the summer we'll see you know we'll see if there's any more changes to the staff you know whether it's positions or you know any other big time uh, coordinating uh, spots on the team um so now you know the past couple years they've had the uh, early signing period uh you know the year before i don't even know if unc signed anybody during that early signing period but this year i'm pretty sure they got i think 20 uh 21 uh new new recruits um, which is really good. I think um, out of out of all those, I think eighteen of them were uh, were, were Colorado kids. So kind of a definitely kind of a different approach uh, to this recruiting uh, this recruiting cycle here. And you know they might even sign more during uh, you know this next one. I think at the end of the twenty seventh of January or early early uh, February when that comes up. But yeah, eighteen of them are Colorado kids. Yeah, which I think is a you know I think is a good approach that they can uh, you know maybe this is what they need to start doing you know it's, you know it's definitely good to get kids out of state you know but I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking oh you know we have to get the kids from California from the Texas from the South you know from you know certain places and you know this is how this team is going to be better but um, you go back to you know UNC's uh, really good seasons of the late '90s and you know, early 2000s there they had a lot of Colorado kids uh, you know. And they had a lot of success during that time, so maybe this is a good approach. Another factor that's in it, involved in it um, is maybe, um, you know, my dad, uh, he works with another teacher. Her son goes to CSU Pueblo, and she says their stands are packed and, you know, and, and filled with fans because a lot of the kids are local. Uh, that could be, you know, a positive for you and say, hey, maybe having more local kids means more fans coming, you know, maybe their their friends, their family, you know, former teammates they're coming to the games you know that could be a big factor you know you like seeing kind of local kids from the area you know playing college ball you know close by so so that could be another positive um you know and i'm really personally i'm happy that they you know kind of went after the Colorado kids um you know but csu and cu they're probably you know those especially cu going to be recruit more nationally um csu maybe more in kind of uh, you know this kind of mountain area western area um so there's going to be some kids that maybe that those two programs think you know they may like they may not think are good enough to play there and you know UNC can come right in being that you know maybe after air force being that next you know team to like swoop up these pretty talented 
Colorado kids that maybe the you know CSU or CU didn't think or didn't want to have. You know, and I think this is a really good choice um, for you know for UNC to make. And if you looked at a lot of the crew, it's a lot of defensive players, which is another good thing. You know, even though yeah they got a new offensive coordinator, if you look at the offensive side of the ball, they have you know they're bringing back a lot of you know contributors from last year. Yeah, you know, maybe like maybe they need some new linemen where you know, but they have some decent depth there where maybe some couple guys step in, losing a couple of their top tight ends. But you know, if you look at quarterback returning, you know their top running back returning. Um, you know, maybe you know have like a decent amount of receivers getting that got experience this year returning. Yeah, they lose Alex Wesley, you know, but you can you know for us good Alex Wesley and he is very good. Um, you know, we'll get in more on him about him and Jacob Boba Meyer getting uh, going to uh, like these senior All Star games and maybe their NFL prospects. But you know, the one game where he sat out, UNC really spread the ball around to a lot of their young receivers, and you know, it was a game where they played their best game of the year. So you know, there's a positive a positive there. So you know, they're gonna have a lot of decent receivers turning back: Dante Warren, Willie Fairman, and Noah Soul. Um, you know, I think Sam Flowers is going to get a lot more playing time. You know, you might see, you know, maybe even like a Jaron Mitchell uh, get some action um, this, you know, this coming year. So, you know, I'm, I think next year their receiving core is, you know, not going to be as much of a doubt as it, as it was um, coming into this year. So we'll get into the information of the some of these incoming recruits, um, you know, what positions they play, their sizes, um, you know, maybe who recruited him, you know, whether they were, you know, first team all conference and you know, stuff like that. So we'll start off, uh, with the list here. Uh, first recruit, um, is Elijah Anderson Taylor, uh, linebacker, six foot, 225 out of Eagle Crest. Um, you know, six foot, 225, that's already coming in, you know, pretty good size there. You know, I mean, that's probably where you want linebackers, 225, 235 and 240 if they can keep the speed. So, you know, he's the kid that may be coming in like physically, you know, already ready to play. Um, let's see. He uh, he was uh, a linebacker and running back for Eagle Crest. He was first team uh, all state this past season. Uh, second team all league junior year, and um, he's all all state. I will mention his freshman year, which is uh, saying this kid's just a, you know this kid's a talent. Um, he actually chose UNC over CSU, UNLV, New Mexico State, and North Dakota. So you know he had some FBS schools there looking at him. So. Um, they lose a couple of linebackers uh, this coming year, you know. So I mean, I don't know if he'll be able to play right away, but you know, at six two two twenty five, physically, he, I think he can. Um, pretty excited about uh, Elijah. Elijah here. Um, next up is Eric ben- Bendel, an offensive lineman, a six five, uh, two eighty. Um, he was out of Boulder and played for Fairview. Actually, graduated from Fairview, but went to Milford Academy after he graduated. Uh, there, there in New York. Again, good size, six five, two eighty. Um, physically, it seems like already the size to where he could possibly play. Um, he was a second team All State um, his senior year, and honorable mention All State his junior year. Um, and he lettered three times at uh, uh, Fairview. You know, always good getting some new offensive linemen in. Uh, kind of a kind of a position where UNC has uh, struggled the past couple of years. Um, so, you know, I don't know if, uh, he'll get in right away, but, you know, definitely add into the depth that they have. Uh, next up, Jeremiah, uh, Blackwood, uh, 6'3", 220, 
Uh, he's going to play that buck position, they said, and, you know, more of like an outside linebacker, defensive end. Um, he went to Vista Peak Prep in, uh, in Aurora. Uh, he played football and baseball there. He was all-conference twice in honorable mention all-state uh, as a junior, and he set uh, sack records uh, uh, there at Vista Peak Prep. Um, next up, uh, Carson Brantley. Uh, let's see, he's a six-foot one 205 pound uh, safety uh, from Cherry Creek uh, Cherry Creek High School. Um, he helped the team to the state runner-up this past year and uh, was second team All-State uh, member this past year as well. You know, at 6'1", 205, pretty good, pretty good size for a safety. Um, you know, I'll probably go into another podcast, um, you know, after this next uh, signing period and, you know, kind of go over positions and whatever, but you know, I mean, a 6 one two, a 5 you know, I mean, they're, I think UNC is returning both Boyd and uh, Jerome Jackson, so maybe he won't get to play right away, but, um, you know, he's somebody definitely that I think would be really um, somebody that could be a contributor in, in, you know, in the coming seasons. Up next is another uh, buck position, uh, is Ryan Capasso, uh, a six foot, uh, four, 220-pound um freshman next year out of Broomfield um he uh was second team all-state this past year and he was recruited by CU, CSU, Wyoming, UNLV and Nebraska so here's a kid that you know had some FBS schools coming after him but you know decided to come to UNC you know I probably thinking hey you know there they might have said hey be one of these preferred walk-ons um you know who knows if he gets to play he even has a chance you know coming to UNC you know, he gets a scholarship, um, and he might have a chance to play. Um, maybe, you know, who knows right away, maybe at 6'4", 220, and pretty good size. Next up, Trey Cardenas, um, a 6'1", 180-pound, um, I think he's going to, I think, let's see, I think he's going to be a, a safety out of, uh, out of Loveland, Colorado, who, had a tremendous season this year. Pretty much smashed everybody at the 4A level. Um, you know, it's always good to have these kind of kids come in from winning programs as well. Um, he was all-conference linebacker and tight end. Um, probably will play, let's say, like I said, probably play safety. He was also uh, first-team all-defenseman in, in lacrosse, all-state in lacrosse. So here's, a, you know, another solid athlete UNC brings in. Uh, and then we have uh, Ethan Drews, 6'3", 235 pounds out of Skyline High School. Um, he played. He was a three-sport uh, athlete at Skyline. Uh, he was first-team All-State this past year. Um, he chose UNC over Wyoming and, and Colorado School of Mines. Um, he's another one of these. I think they have listed him as, they have him as defensive end, so you know he has a chance to be kind of like a Kiefer Morris, Morris like a Brooks Talkington style of defensive end. Um, next up, we got uh, Kurt Gallup, listed as a 6'4", 235-pound quarterback slash athlete. Um, he played at Aurora, Aurora Central uh, High School. He was all-league his senior season. He was recruited by CU, uh, CSU Pueblo, and Western State. I mean, 6'4", 235, pretty big quarterback. Um, you know, but that's kind of like good quarterback size and, you know, probably kind of the prototypical uh, kind of size they want. Next up, Wind Henderson, a six foot, one hundred and eighty pound uh, wide receiver out of Mullen High School. Um, he was first team All Conference his uh, junior 
in a senior season. Um, he picked UNC over CU, Air Force, and the Colorado uh, School of Mines. And, you know, another guy to add to that depth at the receiver position. Um, next up, they have David Hogue, a linebacker out of uh, Smoky Hills, 6'2", 230. Another guy that's probably physically already good, you know, physically already ready to play uh, at the D1 uh, FCS level. Um, he was a, another guy that was a three-sport athlete. He was honorable mention All-State this past year. Um, he was first team All-League um, and actually led Smoky Hill to, Hill to the first winning scene since 1990 and first league title since 1980. So, you know, he, you know he can, maybe he can be part of the turnaround here at UNC too. Um, actually, he, you know, he played linebacker, fullback, and punter. You know, I like that size, 6'2", tier 30. That's a guy that looks like he could probably be, you know, a contributor in the next few years. Next, I've got Rick Lester, 6'2", 200-pound safety out of Houston, Texas. It looks like he's a transfer as he transferred out of uh, uh, Liberty, um, where he played this this past season. There he was had a lot of honors. He was defensive player of the of the year and Houston defensive player of the year as a senior first team all district and all state honoree as a senior defensive MVP finishes senior year with 137 tackles nine interceptions three punt returns two, three kickoff returns six forced fumbles and three sacks uh, all state and all district honoree as a junior a recorded 141 tackles as a junior while adding six forced fumbles two sacks and seven interceptions he also received offers from Abilene Christian Tennessee Martin and nine other FCS programs um, I remember seeing him as somebody that UNC was looking at last year. Um, I even thought it said maybe he committed to UNC, but I guess he ends up choosing Liberty. Um, you know, I don't know. Must not have worked out right for here, but uh, he's coming to UNC, and I, you know, I think that's a that's a positive thing. Adds more to their safety depth. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe he's a guy that you know looks like he put up big time numbers in Houston. Maybe a guy that gets you know some playing time uh, this next coming year. Uh, next up, Seth Mullen. Mullinax, I think that's how you say it. Another lineman, 6'4", 280. Uh, he's out of Bighorn, Wyoming, and went to Bighorn uh, High School there. Uh, he was a two-time state lineman of the year. Um, earned all, and then he earned All-State honors sophomore through senior year. USA Today first team all Wyoming selection his junior year. Um, they won two state titles and three conference championships. Um, and also recruited by Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, Shattern State, and Dickinson State. So, you know, here's another kid coming from a winning program, you know, at 6'4", 280, and being, you know, defense, you know, the offensive lineman um, of the year there in uh, Wyoming. You know, that's a guy that, you know, maybe not right away. Who knows? Well, who knows? Maybe right away could be playing on the offensive line for UNC. Next next up we got John Nuski. I think that's how you say it again. Uh, 5'11", 160, uh, safety out of La Junta High School. I know this was a kid that played quarterback for them. He was Mr. I seen him play actually uh, one time a couple years back when he was on a sophomore, and he could do it all then, and that's pretty much what he's done the past few years out there in La Junta, and they won, they won state championships two out of the last three years and won the state championship game the other game or the, the time that they, um, they didn't win it. So this is this is a good athlete from a, from a small town, but, you know, he you know he's coming in at safety, and there's definitely gonna be competition there. Probably gonna see him when I doubt to see him. Probably maybe, uh, you know, be a redshirt. But who, you know who knows? I mean, this kid is a player for sure. Um, like I said, he was three-time two-way college state football player of the year. So sophomore through his through his uh, senior year, he was the best player in two-way. Um, 
Let's see, he was also uh, All-State in basketball and baseball. Um, so he chose UNC over Western State. Um, you know, that pretty good choice. I mean, Western State, who knows, maybe he could have played sooner, whatever, but, um, you know, I wouldn't... I wouldn't look past this kid right here. He wouldn't doubt, and yeah, he would be contributing in the next few years. Um, you got next up defensive end uh, Cole Parrott. He's 6'2", 250 pounds, out of Columbine High School. Again, that's pretty good, you know, size. Um, you know, I like seeing like these, like you know, kind of the typical defensive ends, Kiefer Morris, Brooks, Talkington kind of size. Looks like Cole Parrott is that. Maybe not as tall as them too, but. Um, you know, he's has this, the size you like to see on this defensive end. Uh, he was All-State, honorable mention, his senior year. He was multiple-time All-Conference. And uh, he picked UNC over CU, CSU, and Arizona State. So there's some, like, big-time programs looking after, looking at him. And he chose UNC again, probably because, um, you know, this is a place where he can play. Um, and I think there's sometimes some kids, you know, everybody, every kid wants to, you know, go to these big-time programs, be on an FBS team or whatever, but... You can't, uh, you know, overlook or look past. You can maybe go to the FCF level and actually get your chance. And, you know, you're only going to maybe see the eyes of, you know, if your dream is to go to, to, go to the NFL, you're only going to get your chance is if you get to play. And, you know, and maybe, you know, it's, it's a good choice by some of these kids coming to UNC where they can play, maybe even play early. And, you know, you know and being in the big sky, it's probably the one of the most um, you know noticeable leagues in FCS. You know, you know, you got, I mean, you got Pluto TV where, you know, every game's on there. Um, you have some games on ESPN Plus. Um, you know, they get you know some of the most teams besides like the Missouri Valley in the playoffs. So, you know, coming to UNC, you know, hopefully, can make this program become you know a playoff team. It's, you know, it's a good choice. You know, it really is for a lot of these kids to get to play. Um, you know, you may go to CU or CSU and, or Nebraska, you know, who knows, um, sit the bench, never get a chance. You know, at UNC, you'll probably get your chance. And so here we go with uh, David Ross, a wide receiver, uh, 6'2", 185 out of, uh, out of Pomona High School. Um, he uh, lettered actually all four years in football, um, and helped Pomona in 2017 to win a uh, state title. So here's a kid again from another uh, winning program, and he's going to add to that uh, wide receiver depth already that UNC has. Um, next up is Zach Rush, 6'2", 205, a quarterback out of uh, Fruita Monument uh, High School. Um, he played football and baseball there, was uh, honorable mention All-State to senior season. All conference junior and senior years, and he picked UNC over Colorado Mason, North Dakota, and uh, Western State. Um, you know, so this adds to the another another guy to add to the QB um, depth. Um, I think I think maybe only Connor Regan this coming year is going to be a senior. So I mean, you're going to have you know I think Keaton Mott's going to be a starter, Regan, then then Connor Martin, and then you know the, the two new recruits and Rush and Gallup. So. You know, after next year, they're going to see who's going to be be a fight for the backup, you know, between Martin or maybe these two. So I think Keaton Mott's going to be the quarterback for next year and the year after. Um, I'll get into more on that. I think Keaton Mott's a pretty good quarterback, and, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, the line play well for him, I think he can be a, one of the top QBs in the, the big sky. Next up, we got 
Uh, ben Schneider, uh, 6'3", 215 linebacker out of Ralston uh, Valley. Um, he was first team all-conference senior year and second team junior year. Um, he was a team MVP this past, actually in 2017. Honorable mention All-State this past year too. Uh, he was also recruited by CSU, Wyoming, Utah, School of Mines, Colorado, uh, CSU Pueblo, and uh, Colorado Mesa. Um, then we got another transfer here. Um, was actually from Colorado Springs. Um, he's let's see if I can say his name. Uh, Doniaz uh, Smelker, uh, safety. Another safety, six foot, two hundred ten pounds. Um, he was playing at West Hills uh, Community College. Um, he actually went to Vista Ridge before going to West Hills. Uh, played football and track in high school. Um, appeared in nine games last season for West Hills, recording 42 tackles, forced three fumbles, and recovered two. Two-time first-team All-Conference at West Hills and named uh, West Hills uh, Community College Defensive Player of the Year. So here's another safety uh, coming in. Um, again, with return Boyd and um, and Jerome Jackson. Um you know, we'll see if he gets time. I mean, you have Carson Brown. He looks like a good prospect. Um, you know, Ricky Lester coming in. Um, and you already got like Jermon Du Bois and uh, Nick Vincent back there. Probably missing a couple other guys, but um, so you know they're gonna have a lot of good, good safeties, and maybe this is the way. This is you know the way to go. Um, saw something in this past. Uh, I think the AFC first round of the playoffs um, to combat uh, uh, to combat Lamar Jackson. Um, uh, let's see. Um, who was it? San Diego went to like I think they had seven different defensive backs on the field uh, to combat that. And if you look at like you know Eastern Washington with Eric Brer, I mean maybe that's a good kind of p- approach they can take. You know with some of these other teams where a lot of, you know a lot of these teams have you know kind of these running quarterbacks, passing running quarterbacks, and having you know maybe a lot of you know good sized. Um, I mean Doniaz is he's six one two ten, pretty good sized. You know fast, probably fast. Uh, safety out there and maybe having like a lot of these uh defensive backs out there is the new thing that you know maybe unc tries and maybe other teams are trying so i don't think it's a bad thing to have a shortage you know to have a overabundance of you know kind of big safety types um next up is hayden steffens a linebacker six foot two 215 pounds out of rocky mountain high school there in uh fort collins um he was second team all conference this past year, and he was also recruited by Western State and um, Colorado Mesa. Uh, and the next is uh, Corey Tate, a cornerback, six foot two, one seventy, kind of like that highest right there. That's pretty good, kind of like a Michael Walker type um, out of Denver East. Um, he was a two time all conference selection, uh, two time first team all state academic team member. Um, helped a team to a playoff berth this year and. He chose UNC over Wyoming, New Mexico, Montana State, and uh, uh, Weber State. And last up is uh, Mike Thompson, another another linebacker, six foot two twenty five, out of Aurora Central, a kid out of Aurora Central. Um, competed in football, basketball, and track at Aurora Central. Always good to see those multi sport kids. Um, he was all state honorable mention this past year. Uh, first team all conference sophomore and senior year. Um, Honor roll all four years. He was also recruited by Wyoming, UNLV, North Dakota, Nebraska, and Montana. Um, you know, a good again, six foot two twenty-five. I mean, some of the linebackers they got here are pretty good size already. You know, decent height and you know, almost or pretty close to you know, kind of 
kind of the weight you would like to see in a linebacker. Um, as you can see, very vast majority of these guys were on the defensive side. Um, let me see, like there was one, uh, let's see, two, three, four. Let's see, I think, yeah, four of these, I think over 20 guys they got that were offensive and the rest were defensive. And, uh, you know, I mean, Big Sky, you know, if you can have a good defense and, you know, with Nick Fulton coming in putting up a whole bunch of points, um, you know, you know, if Bears can start making, you know, stopping the run, um, you know, I think, I mean, I, even though I, I mean, sometimes their secondary kind of got beat, you know, good, good against some good teams, um, I think still think it's a strong point of the team, um, you know, so, you know, if they can get some stops during the year and score a lot of points, you know, could uh, really be, you know, definitely better than the past couple seasons. Um, so there's all the recruits uh, from the early signing period, you know, after maybe this is what's going to be, um, for the next years is like, you know, some of these kids, you know, signing right away, which I don't blame them, you know, get it out of the way if they know this is where they want to go. Um, you know, I don't know some of the other ones maybe just want to, you know, keep kind of getting, you know, some of these, uh, schools to kind of keep pursuing after them until, you know, until February or whatever in the last one. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how many more kids UNC gets. I mean, 20 is a lot, um, you know, um, and how many more they're going to add. My guess, maybe they're going to go a little bit, get a little bit more offensive as they already got a whole bunch of defensive players. But, you know, maybe they're going to go get some kids out of state as well. But, you know, this class looks good. And like I said, I'm, I like the fact that vast majority, more than three-fourths of the kids are Colorado kids. So, um, you know, we'll see if any of them um maybe get to you know get some playing time um i think last year i think the guys that got the majority of play time i know jean desir got i think he played in every game as a true freshman uh dante jackson he was a returner got to play a lot um not sure about some of the other guys um i think one of the kid from grandview the defensive back aaron harris aaron harris maybe got some time and um let's see i think joe golden also I got some time there last year, and you know we'll see. It'd be nice to see if any of these guys uh, get some time right away and uh, and contribute. So, like I said, that's the early signing period for UNC with one more to go. I'll probably come back with another podcast um, when that happens. Um, but you know, already looking forward uh, to the upcoming season. Um, you know, like I said, hopefully it's, and I think most Bear fans want. Um, you know, hopefully it's better than the last two. The last two have kind of been, you know, disappointing and and rough. Um, you know, you saw glimpses of what they could be and what they could do. Um, I think in that Northern Arizona game, um, you know, Southern Utah, they looked pretty good too. Um, only it happened to, you know, I mean, Washington State was kind of, Eastern Washington, I mean, it was kind of a, a rough one. I mean, Eastern Washington was really good. As they ended up losing in North Dakota State in the, in the FCS championship game in Frisco, but they put up a pretty good fight. Probably one of the better fights that North Dakota State faced, um, you know, in the playoffs. So, you know, and you know, a team like that, unfortunately, I think Northern Washington is probably going to be good next year because they're going to actually return both of their quarterbacks. Um, so it's going to be interesting, you know, what's going to happen there with them. Um, um, let's see, that's that's pretty much it. Um, also talk about. Oh, you know, and talking about, you know, the Colorado kids, you know, it's it's actually, it's worked for um, the other programs at UNC. 
Um, you think about some of the most successful ones. I mean, you got, um, you know, this women's soccer team. You got uh, Marielle Gutierrez, who from Colorado, I think, went to Eagle in Eagle Valley or somewhere in the mountains there, and she ends up being one of the best players in the Big Sky, one of the best players, definitely, you know, one of the best players in UNC's team. Um, I think they also have some other, uh, you know, I can't think of the top of my head, but I know they also have some other local kids that are doing well for the soccer team. The reason why the soccer women's soccer team has been good for the past couple of years um, you look at, let's see, the girls' basketball team. You got, like, Savannah, Savannah Smith, you know, big ten, big sky player of the year last year. Actually, actually was picked to be, not picked to be big sky player of the year, which is ridiculous. She She's the best player in the big sky, um, I think, by far. But uh, you know, she's from Fossil Ridge, Fort Collins. You also got uh, Michaela Eisenbart from the tiny town of Stratton out here in the Eastern Plains. Um, she went to Kit Carson. You know she's playing really well as a, as a freshman. And you go to the men's basketball team. Yeah, you got Jordan Davis, who's unreal. Just he's awesome. You know, yeah, he's from Las Vegas. But then you got guys like Bodie Hume again from out here on the plains of Eastern Colorado uh, from Sterling. Um, then you got uh, Jonah Radenbaugh, who's Mister Everything can do everything for UNC. Um, you also got let's see Sam Mastin from Rock Canyon um, contributing. So you know, going this local route is not a bad thing. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good to like kind of get some of these better players, um, you know, and and from Colorado, and you know, giving them a chance to play. You know, sometimes if you play for your local universities, maybe even more pride in it, and you know, you know, people coming, more people even coming to see you and watch you play. So, um, so I'm happy about that. Um, you know, like so, you know, as I'm waiting for the football season to. Uh, come back to have a ways to go um, there's still a lot of good action from uh, UNC sports um, at this moment you know I go to watch uh, I go to watch wrestling um, past couple of times they've gotten kind of beat up but I think going next year I, I think it's going to be that that program is starting rising they had one of the top recruiting I think it was a top 10 top 10 recruiting class I think by some publications um, in Division 1 wrestling uh, getting some you know again they they they're probably three of their, some of their four, maybe even more of their best recruits from Colorado. Um, so, you know, maybe not this year, a little young, but maybe next year, going to be young, but with like some really talented uh, incoming recruits. Um, you know, they have a home match this coming uh, Friday against Oregon State, and I think they have a few more um, left in their season. Um, then then you got the basketball teams. Um, you know, I've gone to go watch UNC the men's twice already. Um, both times they won, and I'm going to see them against Montana uh, this Saturday. They're exciting, and you know they're right now leading uh, the Big Sky at four and zero and ten and five overall. Um, you know t- this Saturday's gonna be a big test against Montana. Um, a chance for them to you know kind of secure that kind of really kind of hold, tight grip on you know as the best team in the Big Sky. Um, they're fun to watch. They have good players. Um, they shoot the three. You know, Jordan Davis is amazing. I mean, the guy makes it look easy. I mean, he can hit the three. He can drive to the rim at will. Um, he can jam over people. Um, you know, he's fun to watch. As is as is fresh from uh, Bodie Hume, who can nail the threes. He can jam as well. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to you know the rest of the season. I think you know they keep playing well. They have a shot at being uh, Big Sky champions. Um, then the girls team uh, again. They're four zero as well. Uh, Big Sky champions last year, like I said, mentioned before earlier. You know, they have probably the best player in the Big Sky in Savannah Smith. Um, you know, I 
you know, I've seen them. I've, I've watched on Pluto. I've watched them against Portland State, who's a top team in that league, and they dominated them. Idaho, who was picked high up there as well, they went to Moscow and were down a little bit in that one. We're down kind of big in that one, came all the way back and ended up winning by, I think, double digits. Um, they passed a week. They, they were in Cheney, uh, Washington, um, Washington to face Eastern Washington, winning overtime to win that. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if these girls won the big sky again. So, um, you know, these programs here are showing that, yes, that UNC can compete in the biggest sky. They can be up there, if not winning the leagues. So, um, you know, these other sports are, you know, hopefully that this can be the football team. And I think us as, like, Bears fans, I think we're all hoping for that one day, you know. Um, is it next year? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Like I said, teams rise up and down in the, in the big sky. Um, you know, um, Eastern Washington, Weber State have been consistent the past couple of years, you know. I mean, even, you know, Montana's up there, but they've, you know, kind of fallen a little bit. Maybe, you know, I, I personally hope they don't, I hope they stay where they're at, but, um, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if they, you know, got really good again. You know, um, Montana State, another team that I think last year was average, but then makes the playoffs this year. Actually, a team UNC should have beat at home last year. Um, this time, Montana State makes the playoffs. So I don't think it's far-fetched to think that UNC can't be kind of one of those teams. Um, so I think I'll probably um, end it here. Um like I said, there's still good UNC action. Oh, another thing, too, coming up with the baseball season coming around. I think they start up here pretty soon. End of February is when they start playing games. I think the first home game series is against uh, North Dakota State. I usually try to go go to those ones. Like I can only see them on Sundays because of my work, but also enjoy watching um, the Bears play baseball in the WAC. They've lost a few a few ki- uh, people from last year, um, but you know they still have some uh, talented players uh, returning, so... You know that's always uh, fun to win, fun to watch. Plus, those are free, um, and they serve alcohol there, which is a, a positive. And then I think pretty much sure they serve alcohol at all UNC games, um, athletic you know, athletic events, or vast majority of them, which is you know a draw. Maybe come in, have a few beers, you know, enjoy enjoy um, some college action. Um, so yeah, there I'll, I'll end it there, and I'll probably be back. Um, uh, after this next signing period to talk about that, I'll, I'll talk about that li- a little bit. You know, I might, you know, depending on how many other more guys I'll get, maybe I'll just, more guys to get, I'll maybe just talk about that. Or I might like go over, you know, maybe now they're, um, some of the depth, uh, they have, you know, now at, in some of the positions, um, you know, if you really look at, uh, some of the positions, positions, they, you know, they return a lot of guys from, from last year, I mean, the offensive line is losing some guys. And, you know, you're, you're going to lose Alex Wesley and, you know, Tyron Verna and um, Michael McCauley at tight end and a few guys in the Tank Terrell on defense. I think Henry Stelzner too. So, but, you know, there's a lot of decent guys returning, a lot of good guys returning uh, back with experience. So maybe I'll go into that um, in depth a little bit more too. So uh, for now, I'll end it like this. Vamos. Also,